This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Brian Perry. Brian is a broker in uh, focused on the healthcare industry for EXP. Uh, he's based in the Mid-Atlantic. I'm excited for him to be here. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks. Happy to be here. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about, more about who you are, what you do. Okay. I am uh, originally from Jersey, uh, moved here after my MBA, um, uh, living in Jersey. I'd worked in New York previously, moved to the D.C. area January 2020 um, to kind of start getting going with my uh, commercial real estate career. I was kind of recruited through military recruiting. Um, so, you know, 2020 got started here, uh, met a lot of people, made a lot of relationships during that time when things were not as good. And now I focus uh, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, the DMV is uh, primarily where I focus on healthcare, tenant, tenant rep, uh, tenant rep mostly and some landlord. So you were in, where in New Jersey from? I didn't know you were from New Jersey. I live in New Jersey. Oh yeah. So I, I'm from a small town uh, called Long Valley. Um, oh my God. Know it well. A lot of friends there. Westmore Central, man. That's, that's where I went to. Uh, you went to Westmore's? Yeah. So I'm from the Netcom Byram area. Oh yeah. So you're like, you're from my hood basically. Okay. Exactly. So I, I don't live there now. I live in a town called Kinelon, but I went to Lenape Valley high school. Um, oh, nice. right there. Uh, beautiful area, long Valley. Uh, it's been booming actually. It's been growing pretty, pretty significantly over the last few years. A lot of people have been moving out there and working out East. Uh, for those who don't know, long Valley's like, you know, pretty country area. Northwestern New Jersey, not far from the border of Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, yeah. And so you're from Long Valley. You mentioned military. You were in the military? Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a veteran, served uh, Guantanamo Bay in Iraq. That was my first kind of career. Um, and then well, I started. Thank you for your service. Yep, yeah, of course. Um, then I started working in New York City, which is what Jersey people do. They go to. I mean, at least that's what I did. I wanted to work in New York after uh, after service. So I did that for about six years, lived in, I'm sure you know, Hoboken. Um, Me too. I lived in Hoboken yeah. as well. So yeah, right there, Park Ave, right next to the uh, the train there. Uh, 77 Park, I think I was there. Um, okay. Uh, so that was my life for like six years. Uh, but yeah, that's... What'd you do? What'd you do in New York? What were you doing? Uh, I worked at a company called Fitch Ratings. Uh, it was like, um, you know, analyzing credit risk, financial portfolios. I did some weird things like tobacco and, uh, you know, analyzing those payments that they have to do and uh, student loans, credit cards. So a lot of like um, portfolio review. And when I was there was the time when everybody was down on the rating agencies and uh, trusting them. Uh, but for me, it was a good, um, a really good experience, uh, to be in New York, 
that's what I wanted to do. Look at numbers um, uh, and do that thing. So that was. Yeah. The, I think the rating agencies came through, you know, came really highlighted to the general public on challenges through the movie too big to fail. Did you see the movie? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So, but that's what it is. It's a relationship. It can get too cozy in a relationship business like that. And people just, no, I don't, I don't want to. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't seen Too Big to Fail, it's a really entertaining way to talk about the great financial crisis. You should go see it, everybody. Uh, how do you how do you end up in the DMV and in commercial real estate? Yeah, because I don't have I didn't have a background in that. The most I knew was my mom did residential, which is not commercial. I really I was looking in the finance marketing to work in New York. I had almost gone to the uh, Madison. I ended up going to Boston College for my MBA, but I almost was going to go into brand management because I like marketing. And I got accepted into the Madison, Wisconsin MBA brand management. And they really are pretty selective, but I didn't want to go to the Midwest being a Jersey guy. Um, But after that, I came back and I was like, from Boston, I came back, I got... There's a military, the, it's called the Lucas Group. They do military recruiting. And to be honest, I just kind of went down the list um, of potential things I, I might want to get into. And what I got to write this down. What are they called? Uh, the Lucas Group. The Lucas Group. So the, my, my company that I just left, um, they were recruiting military to come down, to come to the DMV. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll come check it out. I had a condo there, so I wasn't really, I had bought like a year earlier, so I wasn't planning on moving, but I went down there. You know, they talk the talk. They say, hey, there's an opportunity here. I really like that they were niched in healthcare because that's just how my brain works. I have to like have a lane where I focus and uh, family business, really nice sold me on it and i moved you know a couple months after i came and visited them down here um and i just got to work soon after that was january 2020 about um that i came down and and that's when i started a wild time to enter commercial real estate man a wild wild time because 90 days later like there wasn't a lot of transactions happening. Um, that, so how did you, in such a short time period, like create a niche and get like clients for lack of a better word? I, I think because I had already understood I, I was going to do my own business almost before. So I kind of understood the, uh, the marketing aspect of getting getting known uh, first. But one of the things I did is I I wrote a letter to introduce myself to potential clients and build, instead of just handing out my card um, and going to different office buildings, I'd write a letter saying who I am. um, And that was uh, pretty helpful. Then I was on LinkedIn quite a bit. I was, you know, getting a lot of attention 
uh, on there. And I just started talking to everybody, joined different groups. Um, it was just very active. Obviously, in the beginning, even though I have like a background in, uh, you know, business background, it took me a while for me to like get confidence. But I had a mentor also that was talking to me. I met with him every week, talked to him every day, he picked up the phone. So any deal that I came across, he and I had questions, I had some somebody directly there. So it kind of gave me confidence to go out and, you know, talk to people and, uh, you know, start start developing some business. Wow. You have a story about uh, a plastic surgeon in McLean, Virginia. But before we go there and how that plastic Mm -hmm. surgeon ended up there, an interesting story because it's an owner operator. They own the building, which I'm excited about. But before we get into that. Tell me what you think about what's going on in healthcare real estate today from your vantage point and and you can bring me down what's going on more specifically just in the DMV and healthcare real estate. How's what's the market like? What are you seeing out there? What's going on? So specifically in the uh, the DMV and, and the markets, because I do do some in Maryland and DC, there not a lot of people are going directly to DC right now. Um, it's over the past year, I'm getting asked a lot more of things that are just in the suburbs, Arlington, uh, Falls Church, Tyson's, McLean. This is where people want to be, like on the fringe, not quite in D.C. I mean, obviously, I hope that changes. Um, but uh, everybody wants to be around where the, the population is growing. Uh, you know, some a renewal I'm doing now is somebody who has partnered with somebody, but now they want to have their own um, their their own office. So there's always business um, people even looking to start their own office or. Um, but so why so why are people why are you seeing this push to the burbs versus in D.C. in your opinion? Well, the development that's going on is not in in dc so people see crystal city in arlington because amazon's going there uh and they're like eight million square feet so all the developers are uh multi-family everything it's going to be like a huge uh a huge new development there so that's sure. attracting people to that area um tyson's where i am yeah. is a lot of business district but the population's growing a lot they're building uh income growth so so there's opportunity so those are growing so put put simply your opinion the suburbs are growing people are coming out of the city or even if dc's growing people are seeing the opportunity in the burbs and that's where they're looking to locate businesses yeah i would say i mean i mean fairfax county is very wealthy so it's kind of established so but it keeps moving inching out to where people will be um but even like a falls church which is right near where i am um you know they're doing a ton of development too so they're trying to uh so those are predominantly you know 15 miles and into dc um are usually where people are looking and what anything else about the market that you're 
finding interesting right now? Some of the things that you're seeing out there that are pretty consistent about what's going on as it relates to the healthcare real estate in the DMV market. Um, I think, I mean, we're also seeing um, just in DC in general, they're finally put something out there about having uh, the government workers kind of uh, come back to downtown. Uh, they've been gone since the pandemic. So if they go back to pre-pandemic, um, pre-pandemic levels of tel uh, telework, then all that retail, all that activity will, I think, start back up again. Um, and that might work, might be where I have more people saying, hey, I want to go to D.C. because these multifamily, these complexes, they have retail on the bottom and uh, healthcare loves to go, you know, kind of right underneath like a dental or a spa, something like that. So I think um, that will. And the other market here that's huge is life science in uh, Rockville. So Maryland, just because they have the uh, employee uh, potential uh, employees here, it's, you know, they're that's like a major hub for the life science. Are you anything else about like healthcare specifically that you're noticing and how they're thinking about real estate, the healthcare industry? Um, in general, retail, they, they want to be in the mixed use developments and healthcare will go on like the second floor. Usually that's where they'll put healthcare. Uh, they've been willing to pay more in rent than in the past. Um, fee for service, the spas, um, um, plastic surgery, dermatology. Um, I, I see a lot of that, that growing. Got it. Well, what's the name of the plastic surgeon in McLean? Uh, congressional plastic surgery. Okay. So walk us through how did congressional plastic surgery end up in McLean? Uh, so actually they were existing in McLean already. Okay. Um, I, I had done my normal canvassing and cold, cold to get an appointment with him. And, uh, so we ended up, you know, bring the rainmaker with me, uh, with me why, to the meeting. Just real quick. Why did you call on this specific tenant? Was there a reason? Did you notice something like he was in a bad area what, of McLean? What? What was the reason no, he, he, he was actually, I was targeting uh, plastic surgeons on, okay. my, uh, on my reach outs. And he was uh, the former president of where I was at. He was actually the leasing person for that building. So he could talk the talk about, um, about that. And I think I reached out to the society, uh, the local uh, society for plastic surgeons here. Um, but he was willing to take a meeting. I did not think he already had like seven years left on his lease that I found out. So I'm like, okay. Um, he's not going to be ready to do something. He's not going to be ready to do something. But after talking to him, convincing him to kind of, uh, you know, work with us. And I worked with him for, for at least a year, um, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. Like a pretty long time. And one of the first things we did, I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's keep in touch. And uh, so we ended up keeping in touch. And he's like, hey, can you look at off market? 
<laughs> for uh, off market opportunities. And here, um, you know, that that can be that's a bit more difficult. To, difficult to everywhere. Um, so I did find um, one opportunity um, for him that was nearby, but everybody sells for a price and our valuation, everything was like double. He's like, well, yeah, I'll sell for 11 million for a you know, $6 million building. I'm like, okay. Um, and then I looked at auction um, and we actually were in a uh, bidding for, it was a bank location um, in McLean, which was it's pretty nice. It was like- On auction.com? What is it? The 10X? Or 10X, yeah. Yeah, 10X, on 10X. Okay. So on on 10X, I, I believe that's where I kind of found it. So we had gotten to the second round where they- You're on 10X, okay. <laughs> um, we got to the second round. We put the bid in. I didn't feel like he was so locked into it for whatever reason. I was like, you got the parking. It's about 3,000 square feet. And for a surgery center, I was like, this would be good. You have it. It's near your previous office. Um, it was like a good location. Um, but what happened was we put in a bid. We didn't We didn't get that bid. But I found out later that there was all of these um, use restrictions on that property. And they had a, um, a temporary... Um, things were gonna expire so that his use probably wouldn't have worked anyway. There was like a long list of problems with the property um, or restrictions, they had condos in the back and the back. So I'm like, all right, that's not gonna work, but at least I know he was, you know, somewhat serious. Um, and eventually we found out um, down the street, there was a building for sale, but I didn't wanna show it to him because it was like 16,000 square feet. But I found out he had gone to Texas, looked at all those doctors down there with all their the the size space they had. So he comes back here. He's like, I want, you know, a uh, much larger space. And so I really wasn't opposed to that. And it's, you know, good for me. Uh, so we ended up uh, doing a deal for a building. So it was like 16,000 square feet. Uh, let me see what I was. And what, the was there a tenant in there? Was there a user in there? Was it vacant? So there was a church user. I don't oh, know if boy. that's like this in other other places, but in the basement level, it was a nice renovated building. So there's three levels. There's like a basement and then two floors above. But there was a church person there, I guess, using the space a couple days a week, paying way below market rent. So I really wasn't counting that, you know, because that's like, okay, you know, we'll probably uh, move them out. But he saw the space. Um, and after he saw the space, lots of questions come up with um, parking, uh, elevator, is it ambulatory, you know, what size is it? Um, are we going to do overnight procedures? And I don't know about other other markets but if you try to do overnight here it just uh it's really difficult and you can't get the uh use permissions that quickly so um as long as he wasn't doing overnight procedures they treat it just like they treat medical like office here the requirements um along with the parking 
So we had a civil engineer come out to kind of verify the parking, the gross floor, how they do the calculations. Um, then I got a contractor that had built out these facilities to kind of get him comfortable. So I was kind of, and then I had his financial advisors I'm talking to, to help them kind of, uh, plug in the numbers. Um, and eventually we put in an offer, um, got the, got the price down a little bit, um, to where, you know, we could make sense of it. And early on in the process, it was like kind of going, okay, kind of not going astray. And then we got the appraisal. Um, I know I'm kind of skipping ahead, like a long time of, of different things, but we get the appraisal and I know you probably experienced that, but the appraisal was very low yep. for um, what we were doing. And I hadn't had, I had read through cause I had a, another property in Falls church. So I've worked with a certain appraisal. Be, uh, so uh, I have a question. I have a question real quick. So a couple uh, questions. One, just curious for a reference point at this point, what is he deciding to do with his, the, the lease he has with seven years of term left? He's, he was confident that he would be, cause there is a demand here. Uh, that he would be able to sublease it. He would be able to sublease it. So I said, if he's comfortable doing it, you know, then I think it's just kind of realistic. So I would okay, say, so okay, for one, so he's going to sublease his existing. So two, the appraisal comes in low. Is he financing this with mortgage? He is financing. He's getting 100% financing um, from a bank here. So he's not putting uh, anything down yet. He's... Wow. Is it, is it, a, but so then it's not a mortgage. It must be like a business loan. Yeah. I mean, I used, um, Atlantic union, um, wow. hundred percent financing. Wow. They, I mean, there was a couple other, I mean, I had known somebody there and I was kind of working with them because they were known to do these kind of deals with doctors. Um, but Got they, it they stuck it out because they had a little bit of competition when he was trying to, to call, but they kind of fought off the other competition um, to win the deal. But yeah. So, okay. So the appraisal comes in low. What happens next? Uh, well, let's see. Panic. No. Um, <laughs> so, so initially I was thinking, so one of the things that it came in, low was because they were confused about the office versus the medical use, the surgery center. I think they had thought, um, cause it was unique. Cause if it were just buying an office, um, it would be different, but it's for medical. So we had to go back and try to, um, defend uh, your challenge, value challenge challenge. And I, and I think, I think I did pretty good. I mean, I came back with a kind of an argument about this and this. No, it's not um, at all. You know, it's not overnight. It's for a medical office. Um, there's not a lot available at all. So it's kind of hard to find the exact comps because in Tyson's, this is like the top of the market for the suburbs in a way for uh, a small medical office building. So to find the right comps to get the valuation, um, you know, with the seller, of course, I went back to the seller and I said, Hey, you know, this came in low. What do you, what do you want to do here? Um, 
And they said, you know, because we're not going to pay below appraisal because he's also got a million dollars in the build out. So that if we don't get the amount to where it covers everything, you know, we can't can't do the deal. So went through that that rodeo and, and the bank agreed to get a second opinion on the appraisal. And I had kind of learned a little bit from the first one. I mean, I wasn't trying to um, change anything, but I'm like, okay, what do they really need uh, altogether to, <laughs> to get the, uh, to get to where we need to be. So I kind of just worked through that, got a new appraiser assigned, got her everything she needs. Like um, some of the tenant improvement, I had to get all the things they were doing from like the finish it. They wanted all these details. Um, so that had taken me a while to get from the contractor what I needed. Um, but I mean, long story short, um, I ended up getting the appraisal number like the day before um, it was due to like close. We were like running up against the clock kind of. So <laughs> at the like very last minute, I was asking the appraiser to get back. They get back with it and, um, and it ended up going to the finish line. Um, so, wow. And, and, and what was the, per what was the, what was it originally listed at? It was six. Originally, it was seven. I was like, that's way too much. Then they relisted it at 6.3, negotiated it to 6.1. And when did he close? This was actually, it was last summer. That was. Wow. Uh, Is he open yet or still under construction? He, so the bank, I don't know if you know, but the banks are so like watching of everything going on. So I actually have to check because he had, I, I told him to give him 18 months kind of to get this built. Um, so I actually have to check with the contractor to see, you know, how close he is. Initially we were talking more, uh, but he had to do something with the elevator and all these things that, that came up. And then he has space he has to lease. So I was going to lease that space for him, but, um, they had to, they had to get his floor done before I could really do anything, but yeah, he should be, should be in this summer. You know, I got to get the, got to check in, but I mean, it's going to be good surgery center. You're going to make more money. Um, it was, it cost a lot to go to the hospital to get time in the hospital. So that's what kind of drives them to have their own space where they can do their procedures and not pay the uh, the fee they have to pay at the hospital. Oh, is that how it works? The, ho the hospital charges him a fee. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's how it worked. Yeah, they charge. That's driving them to want to own and then run it out of their uh, facility. Some plastic surgeons kind of get ahead because they want to... Uh, to do it like just after residency, uh, but they they need to work for a little bit before they're going to get this this big healthcare loan to open up their own um, their own facility. So um, actually, there's a few people I got to talk to about that. But yeah, that's the big driver because it's a I mean, but they make they make good money here. So fascinating. Well, Brian. Yep. This has been great. 
We're running up on time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing and a story about an operator who owns their own building, a bit about how the healthcare financing works and that little bit at the end about how I had no idea that one of the things driving surgeons to have, you know, to do surgery out of the hospital is the way it works is the surgeon is like essentially renting the space from the hospital for a period of time or, and they're charging them a fee for that. I know, or her, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, this was great. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.